Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, everybody, and welcome into today's episode of the Top Cut Ego podcast. My name is Sonny, and I, of course, here, I'm joined by my co-host, Didi Crow. How are you doing, bud? Uh, I'm doing great. Uh, I just had uh, lunch with Didi Warrior Lady, actually. It went really good. Uh, we talked about uh, some of the different dimensions. Uh, Assailant is doing really well for themselves. Uh, so, uh, you know, things, you her, things how are, do you, how do you work around that crazy beast of yours though? Huh? Uh, you know, it's really tough. Uh, survivor is actually very helpful. He's the one who kind of deals with it. Um, you, you know, That's he, he's, he's, he's taking a trip around the macro cosmos. <laughs> it was funny. I was digging through, I was digging through bulk and I found something, uh, I thought of you, uh, it's an instant, it's a, it's a ready fusion target. It's a winged beast. It's, uh, it's called punished Eagle. And I didn't know this card existed until I found it. I thought it was fake until I looked it up. <laughs> so that's uh, I can't wait for till uh, two years later uh, we we end up in the in the like old fusions. But uh, I will I'll take DD Crow. I'm ready to banish any day. Yeah, DD Crow is indeed a wonderful Yu-Gi-Oh card, and in fact, it's going to play in pretty heavily into our Edison. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's that's that is correct. Well, let's go ahead and uh, let's go ahead and thank all of our wonderful sponsors, I think, for the start of the stream today. So, of course, we're going to thank ETB Games, where I held my Edison tournament today, as well as Steel Fox Games. I want to thank them for their continuous support of the podcast. Of course, we cannot forget Gem Accessories, as well as Grimoire TCG Accessories. And, of course, we have Tier Zero Games and even dragon shield we have affiliate links with discount codes for each of those down below it's five percent off for each of them and then of course you have ten percent off for gem accessories and of course be sure to check out our tcg player affiliate link below oh, oh excuse me all of those rarity collection singles that you are wanting are available on both tier zero and T tcg player so if you're going to go ahead and grab some of those, be sure to just click that link in the description down below before you shop to help us out. Now, of course, we're also going to direct you to our Patreon. We want to thank all of our wonderful patron members. And if you want that extra episode every single week, be sure to check that out. And of course, if you are listening on Spotify or on uh, Apple Podcasts or wherever, and you're not already subscribed to our YouTube channel, you really need to go do that and subscribe because guess what? Right now we are live on youtube i am actually going to be streaming these every episode now is the goal um we also i am also actually doing some other live streams on the side uh, i have started my master duel journey over and it is it's something it's definitely something <laughs> uh, i'm starting like from the tutorial um i'm trying to build pearly which i don't know man yeah it might get hit in master duel but to be fair, even if they hit Pearly and Master Duel, 
What are they going to do? Semi like two of the spells and move on? Like, that'll be fine. I imagine that the hits will probably be very similar to the OCG. Although what's weird is that Pearly seems to be like way better in a best of one format than, than other stuff. Because it has the ability to OTK uh, on top of mm. the setup like towers as like a go second plan. Uh, yeah. Also plays like reasonably well under maxi because like you can only give your opponent a couple draws and you get a lot of draws yourself if you're doing the plump stuff. Right. Um, I, I think probably what they'll do is I think they might take the same route as the TCG and Limit Delicious. Like if they expected Cash Tira to be better, I think, but it turns out Cash is just kind of okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But well, I am excited to get that journey underway and you can be sure to check that out on our YouTube page. And if you subscribe, go ahead and click the notification bell. That way you know when I go live in addition to our normal podcast episodes that we are doing. And also, I think we might even have a couple of uh, deck profiles coming out for what we're actually going to talk about today. We're talking about both YCS Richmond as well as Skyhawk did some stuff at Locals and I hosted an Edison tournament today, which... They insisted that I play in my own tournament. Told them no, but they they just really wanted that they, that extra person, and they just really wanted to lose. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it was brutal. It, it was brutal for them. It, it was great for me, but is it for them? Is it difficult for you? The unbearable weight of massive talent. You know, it has its days. It does, but it's you know we all have our burdens to bear. So. Did it? <laughs> Dead. The crazy thing about Edison too is that you can be somebody like Sunny who like basically hasn't played the TCG format in like two months, and uh, just pull up to an Edison uh, tournament and clap everyone up. Months. Uh, it's <laughs> five months. Fair enough. I have not played a game of the Yu-Gi-Oh TCG in paper since early August I mean, when since, I played uh, a Nats, single right? Edison tournament and I lost round one. It was single elim. I lost round one. And besides that, I haven't played since Nationals. Well, speaking of the TCG format, uh, we'll uh, we'll catch Sunny up to the developments. So, uh, YCS Richmond happened this weekend. It concluded today, for those of you watching live, but for those of you on Tuesday, it happened this weekend. Um, yeah. And it was won by Unchained. The finals, again, was an Unchained Mirror. Uh, congratulations to uh, Joseph Bellafiore. Uh, sorry if I butchered your last name. For, for winning with Unchained. Uh, both players, I believe this was their first YCS top. So huge congrats to both of them for Wild. making finals. Um, Congratulations, and, seriously, to them. Both of them. Yep. Uh, cool feature match, too. Cool finals. Um, so top 32 is actually really interesting. So there's a big kind of meta shift. Previously, it was thought that Rescue Ace was going to be the most represented deck, uh, just based on results from last time. But that is clearly not the case. Uh, Unchained is back on the top. It's not overwhelming. But uh, they had the most representatives, so in top eight, they were a third of top cut at eight uh, unchained. Uh, followed by, for the top four decks, we've got Tier Limits coming in with six. Uh, DBL Star Rescue Ace coming in with four, so still very good. And then two decks at uh, three, kind of tied for that fourth spot, which is Pearly. And then DBL Star Infernoble, which went from zero refs to three. Um, so a couple of big reasons for these shifts. First is that everybody was like, very very over prepared for rescue ace i don't necessarily even want to say over prepared but um they, they were clearly teching for that uh super poly was very very prevalent and um the main super poly bit there is uh guilty gear freed and draco quest uh because they do well into sp and baron there was even a feature match where they both got summoned in the same match uh which was hilarious uh, but they're also very good against Monadium. And the other thing is that Droll is back in the format. And that's because people were terrified of Monadium being really good. Uh, right. That means that Unchained gets to do really well because Unchained does not really care about Droll. And while Super Poly can be a problem, if you have a Sharvara in hand, Super Poly doesn't really matter that much. So it's uh, so it's not surprising. Uh, tier also, um, I believe two of the tier builds were Horus tier element. Uh, the tier that, that made it the farthest was Justin Singh. Uh, famous for losing on feature to Exodia, uh, <laughs> playing uh, Horus tier. We saw the Horus engine in a few lists. Um, that's kind of the breakdown. And Pearly is a good deck this year. Uh, the bigger development is uh, DFL Star Infernoble. Pack uh, played this deck and got top four with it. Uh, ended up at third place after the uh, third place match happened. And uh, the builds are really interesting. Almost all of them are play. I believe all of them were playing the snake eye package because it gets you it's just extra extension into a soul and baron um and also fires 
does does a lot of cool stuff for and you get lots of like free stuff to send so it's it's not very costly to send for the for the diabelle star in the lower segments we've got a uh, two diabelle star makonko players turns out this is actually the ken and gen deck so what this deck is doing for those who are unaware is going first the goal is to give your opponent acid a golem uh, <laughs> Ken, Ken and the McConkos is material for it. Um, with Geonator Transverser, on top of that, uh, real healthy. Yeah, 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 it's real nice. Uh, the other thing is because of the way Geonator Transverser works, when you do the Ken and the Gen effect, because they're not on summon, they're effects that you would like activate. When you change control with Geonator, you can use both effects of Ken and Gen in the same turn. So <laughs> when you switch, you can give your opponent the can and you draw to discard one and you can hand loop them. Uh, so that's cool. That's wild. Yeah, it's, it's pretty sick. that, it, And it's also kind of crazy that everybody was thinking like maybe it would be pearly. Maybe it would be some like crazy wombo combo deck. Yeah. No, actually it's Makanko. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, the thing is like we have to respect it now as a deck. It won a YCS. It has multiple YCS tops. Uh, clearly it has staying power. Um, you know what other deck had a bunch of YCS tops and was like topping regionals everywhere and was just like considered like a top five deck? Mm -hmm. Branded. Chimera. But it just doesn't exist anymore. It's gone. Um, There's of... actually some good theory about that in the Reddit thread that you had actually sent me. Um, mm -hmm. There was somebody that man said, man, Chimera crashed so hard from top five deck to Rogue. And somebody commented a really uh, honestly like reasonable comment on reddit which is wild uh pure is too vulnerable and if you don't see engine you're playing top deck mode branded variant means lack of utility space and even then a lot of hands are still vulnerable to astral bestial crow and even the well-timed imperm her also not being able to properly fit sp and to a slight extent typhon is a major thing yep. that dissuades people from playing the deck I heard somebody talking about this earlier. Typhon is actually like a huge problem. Like all the like the monsters that do everything in that deck are three K. And so Typhon just yeah. shuts all of them off. Um Yeah. And the other and again, it, it is kind of insane to think about it this way, but not being able to make SP is a disadvantage in the format. Yeah. So <laughs> the lack of you like not having the utility just to make SP, it's just like, yeah, this deck's just not as good as other things like there's just other things that are in the format that are just better yep and which is a wild thought because it's a legitimately a very good deck another piece of that puzzle is um droll uh the 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 chimera deck has a problem with droll and again people were meaning or citing it because of the fear of monadium uh the the specter that looms over the format and uh <laughs> so so that i think that also caused them to do worse so yeah absolutely in the uh there's some interesting stuff hanging out in the two to one of so there were two labyrinth players that topped labyrinth is kind of seems to be the thing where like a couple of them are going to top every event uh no vanquish soul though uh so finally maybe the the dreaded single vanquish soul top is over um in the one ofs we have one scareclaw monadium so one monadium did manage to sneak through all of the droll lockbirds uh one salomon great which we did see on feature unfortunately they had kind of a rough go but uh, the list is pretty heads up the extra deck is really well built uh, and they're playing some different ratios of the spell cards. Uh, fire recovery specifically to help play around Nibiru, I think is very heads up. Although realistically, the win con of this deck is to give your opponent Weasel and activate Rivalry or Gozen. So it's not that exciting. Uh, <laughs> and then the other two one-ofs, uh, a Dinomorphia player got top third too, uh, managing to beat... Uh, so the thing is, this is actually makes sense. Uh, in formats where Droll is really good, Dinomorphia is kind of crazy. Uh, they do not care about Droll. They don't care about most of the board breakers that exist. A lot of people aren't playing back or removal. There may be, maybe they're playing gotcha. Lightning Storm for... Um, they might be playing Lightning Storm for Thrust or for Rescue Ace, but it's not there. And uh, you can play yeah. around Super Poly pretty easily by just not summoning another monster. Um, they actually they actually probably should have won their top 32 match. There was an illegal play that determined a game win. Uh, but uh, the game had already concluded, so it couldn't be overturned. And then finally, that was in the Dinomorphia matchup, it was in the top thirty-two uh, written feature matchup. Uh, Pearly player. What was the thing that was determined that determined the game? Uh, uh, Pearly player attacked with Typhon for game after activating Dark Ruler, and uh, they would have lost if, uh, yeah. That's huge. 
Yeah. So both players, uh, uh, the the description in the feature match was that. So the trouble with situations like this is that um, intent is very difficult to prove, and it is the responsibility of both players to maintain a legal game state. Yeah, sure. Yeah. But like that said, it's like, pretty bad. <laughs> it's one of those yeah. like. The problem is, like, everybody forgets stuff, but that one is, like, it sucks when you pick up the cards and the judge is like, hey, just so you know, your opponent is getting a warning because they shouldn't have won that game. It's just a crappy situation to be in. Like, yeah, thanks uh, for letting me know in top 32 yeah. after the after it's over. Yeah. Also, that person was uh, Ruxin34. So, um, the... Uh, Even better. The last... Uh, and the last deck in top cut is Cash Tira. <laughs> now, hold now hold on just a gosh dilly darn second i thought we all agreed this deck was cringe and we should just ban it i thought that was just understood so this is something that jesse cotton talked about um post ban list was like if what happens to Kestier if there's an rsr ban he's like the deck is probably still playable rogue i'm not convinced it's dead and here it is a max reynolds uh, well, I think got second at a regional with it uh, Not too long ago Wait, 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 wait Did you say Max Reynolds? Is that who got, is that who topped with Kashtira? Not at this event, but they did top a regional with it previously So like a couple weeks ago Where's he from? What? Where's Max Reynolds from? I have no idea It's, it's Jeff Jones's partner Oh, okay Yeah, yeah. Okay that guy. I, there's a max that you know the name. I got multiple Kashira deck profiles of on our channel who topped a bunch of regionals with that deck. I don't think it's him. But okay. maybe maybe it was him who topped this event. I don't know. But um the uh they're playing some pretty sick stuff in the extra deck. They're playing like an Odd Eyes Rebellion package to OTK. It's pretty sick. Um That's insane. Aside from the, the deck is basically just Fenrir control with Dimension Shifter, but you, you could still play it. Um, so that's kind of where the format is we're, my last piece of analysis on this is that we don't have a clear best deck now uh, we're in a format kind of like Toss was where the best deck is going to change based on what people prepare for if people are prepared for Rescue Ace and Monadium Unchained is going to do well if people decide that we can't play the Graveyard Hate anymore uh, Tier is going to be the best deck if people decide okay. we're playing all the Graveyard Hate in the universe Rescue Ace comes back in because it's not as affected by those cards and then the rogue that exists underneath of it is going to kind of dwell a morph. Like, I don't think Dynamorphia tops an event when everybody's not playing Droll and they're playing other hand traps. But as soon as people shift to stuff like Droll, Dynamorphia does really well. So the rogue that is playable also shifts as well. Um, right. So, Are there any decks that you're really shocked to not see represented here? I mean, obviously with the analysis uh, branded, I think... Uh, is big I am to be frank I'm kind of floored that a vanquish soul didn't top I feel like it just happens every time but I guess they didn't uh, draw enough there can be only ones N none of the players did there That's it, right, no notably there were a couple of very cool decks um, kind of existing in the realm of not quite topping but almost there uh, there was a there was a Horus tri brigade deck that appeared on stream uh, that it is looked really incredible um, just very very good at pushing through interaction and making boards um and the, the advantage that the horus engine gives you is really crazy it turns out uh, uh, i don't know if because if this is true as like a tri-brigade player but i heard joshua schmidt talking about this um where part of the problem with tri-brigade is that sometimes you open hands where it's like i have like a nervil and kit in my hand and i have no way to get them out of my hand and so um that's never, almost never a thing. I mean, maybe if it's Tri-Brigade Sprite, but like maybe try Sprite. standard Tri-Brigade, you would just go, um, n you could normal either one of them and just link them off for like a uh, just do Almirage. Yeah. Yeah. There's um one interesting thing that they're doing now uh, in those decks is that you can, um, you can banish one to summon Lightheart and then use that to make Sprint. Uh, there's some, so there's some, yeah. there's some interesting stuff. I mean, they've been doing that for a while. Yeah. Uh, but the the Horus cards pitch uh, kit turns out is pretty good, and then uh, and this is uh, it is interesting that there's no runic, there's no sprite, they they're just gone. It's, uh, <laughs> crazy that they're gone. And it, I mean, sprite has taken a lot of hits, but I feel like everybody was like, 
we have to like limit blue we have to like finally kill this deck and it's like no actually it turns out we really don't have to do that <laughs> yeah. so that's the ycs so. um you want to talk about uh you want to talk about edison okay yeah for sure um so today what we ended up doing was uh the first event of my i need a roof fund <laughs> i went to etb games and i put up a um i put up an ultimate rare light play unlimbed stardust dragon as prizing and basically i had like a little edison tournament of my own where first place gets the light play stardust or the, the ultimate ultimate rare stardust and so the concept was that we would go in, I would just like take entry fees and stuff and let everybody play and I just hand it over to the winner. And of course, Dragon Shield being awesome was nice enough. They have, um, they've been sending us sleeves over the, you know, to promote their product over the last, uh, since they started sponsoring the podcast, they just send us sleeves pretty regularly. Well, they sent over uh, the last sleeve, the last, we had some sleeves not too long ago, uh, like a couple of days ago, actually. And I combined, when I combined um, like all of the sleeves that I had on backstock with the new ones that they gave me, I just like, when I got there, I just gave sleeves to everyone, let everybody, I was like, I've got all these sleeves here, just go ahead and pick some sleeves and we'll go ahead and uh, everybody gets free sleeves. And then top four between the new the new ones because we got some new ones like a couple of days ago so uh one new color called aurora mm, and then I the new those. christmas designs so i went ahead and was able to give those to all the top four and uh, um it's a lot of fun but they insisted they wanted me to play <laughs> that was their this mistake is, this is funny <laughs> yeah that was the biggest that mistake they're gonna they're gonna bring Sunny into an Edison tournament and expect to not get owned. That's <laughs> well. Here's the thing: is that, oh, like a lot of them are better than me. Like it's round one. Um, but a lot of that was because I had never played a single game with the deck I ended up playing, uh, which for those curious was a Phoenixian Cluster Amaryllis Burn. <laughs> Should it, this should, part's crazy. Do we do we want to do we do we, have we told the story on the podcast? Do we want to enlighten the people as to why you were playing this deck? <laughs> so I was playing this deck because uh, I had an experience recently where I went to a very major tier one event. <laughs> an experience, and uh, I proceeded to watch this deck get third in the event. Uh, no, uh, while this deck did get third at the ultimate time wizard event that they had at nationals this year which in and of itself is a wild thing to think about is mm -hmm. because when people think edison format they think like black wings they think hero frog things like that is the best decks but phoenixian cluster amaryllis burn consistently it consistently seems to top events and it consistently seems to perform well but the issue is Amaryllis is a $50 card. <laughs> yeah. And so, which it was a $10 card when I picked my first one up. And then when I picked my second and third ones up, it was already a $50 card because it got third at nationals. Now, I did not pay 50 for mine. I paid 15 for mine. But that's neither here nor there. All I'm saying is that vendor needs to double check his prices. And he was being very mean to very many people, so I don't feel bad. But... <laughs> uh i this was weeks after the nationals he should have known when we went to ycs london i played a good friend of mine caitlin in edison off to the side and after playing off to the side i was like you know caitlin she's like come on let's play edison i was like oh come on i don't know she's like, all right all right i'll play edison please so i break out the black wings decks which like i never lose with the black wing deck it's it's a good deck and um well, don't you know it? Caitlin pulled out Amaryllis Burn. I had never read Phoenixian Cluster Amaryllis. I did not know what this card did. No, but I was quickly enlightened. And Volcanic Counter and Phoenixian Cluster Amaryllis, when you combine that just happening over and over, it's brutal. 
Now, the version I played actually didn't play Volcanic Counter, or it did, but it was in the side. Mm -hmm. But turns out you don't need it. Because Amaryllis just is giant and a jerk. And Amaryllis just keeps coming back. Like, Amaryllis just keeps doing stuff. So, for those that don't know, I will enlighten you on Amaryllis. This card cannot be special summoned except with its own effect or with Phoenixian Seed. Okay, sure. We're not paying, we're not playing Seed. If this card attacks, it is destroyed after damage calculation. So if I attack with it, it's going to pop itself automatically, which is already like, okay, where is this going? If this card you control is destroyed and sent to the graveyard, inflict 800 damage to your opponent. Okay. So it's got 2200 attack. So if I attack directly, I'm going to hit for 22, and then it's going to destroy itself, and I'm going to hit for another 800. So essentially, it hits for 3k. During your end phase, you can remove from play one plant-type monster from your graveyard to special summon this card from your graveyard in defense position. So what you're telling me is that it's not once per turn. Like, Treeborn Frog is considered one of the best cards in Edison format because of... Well, not, it's not, not one of the best cards, but it's like a pretty powerful card in Edison format because you can summon it in the standby, do something like an enemy controller, and then turn around and do it bring again. it back. Right, because you're still in the standby. Well, this it turns is that, out but Amaryllis is just a, Well, yeah, it tur turns out Amaryllis is, can do that just as strongly. And I'm playing 10... Pl I'm going 10 plants deep, so I'm playing 3 Amaryllis, 3 Titanial, which, guess what? Titanial triggers Amaryllis. That's so stupid. <laughs> and then guess what? I'm playing Dandelion, which also gives me more Titanial fodder. <laughs> Dandelion is I'm playing Lone Fire to go get Titanial. Well, and the thing with Lone Fire, too, is that you can you can cycle your Lone Fires to load up plants in the graveyard for Amaryllis, too. Like, Yeah, if I wanted to, I could. But with me playing these play, I'm also playing one botanical line and one Lord Poison. I, it's like a ten card plant Lord, package. Lord Poison is goaded. <laughs> Lord <plot>. Poison. <laughs> but it leads to these really cool interactions where, for example, I was playing in top four because we, we it was it was only eight people. So we did three rounds of Swiss and then we cut to top four. I was playing in top four against friend of the podcast, Dylan who decided when I was recording my deck profile to start screaming, uh, Appaloosa is a floodgate propaganda. Mm. But regardless, I was playing against Dylan in top four and he goes to pass turn to me, or I was, I go to the end phase cause I'm about, or no. Yeah, I'm in my end phase and he's at 3000 life. And I have two dandy tokens, an Amaryllis and a Catastro on my board and a torrential set in my graveyard i have an amaryllis a lone fire and i have three removed plants one is a titanial one is an amaryllis one is another lone fire and i think i have a dandy in my grave i have like like a bunch of plants i have plants everywhere including all three amaryllises in the rotation and then in my hand i have a burial from a different dimension well dylan's at three thousand life so he's on one card in hand maybe two even but i'm looking at my like two cards in hand i'm like this is gonna go neg a lot for me but it puts him in such an uncomfortable position that i have to do it so i activate my amaryllis in the end phase summon it activate torrential blow up my whole board two amaryllises the catastrophe and two dandy tokens the two Amaryllis is burning for 800 each, putting him on 1600, putting him on 1400 life. But so then what I do is after that, I use one Amaryllis to banish another and then summon it back. And then I use Bear from a different dimension, reload my graveyard with plants and use the Amaryllis to bring back another one. So now he's on 1400 life. He's looking down the face of two Amaryllises. That he can't get rid of. <laughs> How do you clear him without, without dying, you know? Yeah, you can Caius one of them, but you can't do it with both. And then even if I if I find a way to attack with Amaryllis the next turn, it'll destroy itself in the regardless, right? So even if you put up two monsters that are bigger than the Amaryllis is and don't attack them, I just crash. And then what? They both die and you lose 800 for each one. That is that is very funny. That's super nasty that you can put your opponent in those positions too. And it's like, it's really yeah. big. So like, 
like what do you, you can't like snowman eater it Ryko doesn't work there's a whole bunch of stuff in the format that just doesn't do what you want right and so you also get to play some of the best cards in the format in like lila and Ryko because you want to load up your graveyard with all these amaryllises and all these plant monsters yep. but you also because you're playing plants you get to play other cool supplemental engines like you're playing three hidden armory and you're also playing mark one mark the rose. rose one ddr right which i was like I was, I, the whole tournament i kept going man why am i playing three why like why am i playing three hidden armory like i'm only playing two equip spell cards like if i it if mills. i don't have the equip spell cards hidden armory is just dead it mills <laughs> no i didn't realize that hidden armory can pull from the graveyard yep hidden armory is kind of whack <laughs> i had no idea because i'm like i'm only playing one i'm only playing one mark of the rose and i'm only playing one ddr i'm having trouble like at one point in the tournament again i did not realize until i was on my way home I, I, in the deck profile i talk about how much i don't like that I, I'm like, oh man, I don't like that I'm playing three hidden armory and only two equip spells. This is so stupid. I say it in the deck profile. I didn't realize until I was on my way home. I was talking with the, with one of the other guys and they were like, you know, I just thought about it. I think hidden armory can pull from the graveyard. I was like, there's no way. That'd be too broken. Because at one point I went hidden armory. I already had Mark of the Rose in my hand. I go hidden armory, mill, I mill the DDR. I'm like, oh, I literally don't have a target left in deck. I can't resolve hidden armory. And I almost lost the game because of it that's wild but i dropped my first match because i'd literally never played a game with the deck before i had i didn't even know what amaryllis did i'd read amaryllis <laughs> you I, brought I it cool. I had no idea. <laughs> yeah i was reading the cards as i was playing i, I didn't know <laughs> but the, it's funny because the deck has this like what when you start the game you're like the, you look at your opening hand and you're like there's no in between of like you're either you look at your opening hand and you're like oh i'm going to immediately win this game in three turns there's no way i can be stopped like my opening hand is like lone fire trade in trade in amaryllis amaryllis which is amaryllis is level eight and it's like okay <laughs> i can't be stopped right yeah but other hands you look at it and it's like sangan you know mark of the rose no plants and it's just like like you just look at your hand like what do i do but it, every single game you end up you're like the longer that game goes the more likely you are to win the game this is not a deck of you know tri brigade is like fast pressure early and often this deck is like a very slow grind and then it gets exponentially harder to beat the longer the game goes on because you have a never-ending pool of resources and the longer you build that never-ending pool of resources and then because you can so consistently have cards in your hand to discard like Amaryllis is, like Plague Spreader, like Necro Gardener, things like that. Because you always have something to discard, you really put yourself in a bunch of winning game states by being able to play cards like Phoenix Wing Windblast, which is super free. You're playing, you know, uh, you have Lightning Vortex is amazing because while, yeah, people do set cards like, um, like Raikou, it's really crazy to be looking down like your opponent went first they went they have like a frog board right they've got like a couple dupes and a substitute or whatever and you look at it and you're like huh lightning vortex and they're like <laughs> right or like if you wait until your opponent is in a, like a controlling game state and they have an absolute zero up and you don't have any monsters up you can just lightning vortex it away and not lose anything and then just summon and go i mean it's insane so it's weird because every game simultaneously feels like you're going to lose guarantee like and then it also by the end of it is every game feels inevitable like you, yeah wild so. it's 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 a very unique deck it's funny it so i i actually didn't know what mark of the rose did but not for good reasons uh, i played back in the dueling network days i played a very very bad ftk uh, those are indeed days wow that involved uh uh using mark of the rose and a cyber end uh malefic cyber end dragon to change control with your opponent a bunch of times to burn them sure uh very funny but uh okay um do you want to get the the tldr short version of the deck list let's hear rattle it. it off yeah give us the, um, give us the goo so you've got three amaryllis three titanial and this is supposed to be three trade in 
but I don't have them handy. Mm -hmm. um, one Botanical Lion, one Lord Poison, two Dandelion, two Lone Fire Blossom, <clears throat> two Lila, two Raikou, one Necrogardena, one Morphing Jar, which is either the craziest card that you ever play or it's terrible. There's not really any in between. Um, although sometimes it just gets you back into the game and it's kind of wild. Uh, Plague Spreader, Sangan, MST, Heavy Storm, Brain Control, Foolish Barrel, which has never felt more broken. Charge of the Light Brigade, which has also never felt more broken. Three Hidden Armories, the one Mark of the Rose and the one DDR. And then your traps are, and like I said, there's supposed to be three trade ends because you're playing six level eight monsters, but that's what it is. Uh, three Wing Blasts, a Torrential, Dust Shoot, Call, Mirror Force. Um, and then uh, I don't know why the Bottomless and the Deep Prisons are here with my main deck. Those should be in the side deck. Um, let's see. And then the... Uh, Extra deck, you are playing the uh, Chimera Tech, Fortress Dragon, Colossal Fighter, Dark End Dragon, Sardis Dragon, Thought Ruler, Archfiend, Ancient Fairy Dragon, Black Rose Dragon, Arcanite Magician, Briannac, Goyo, Ally of Justice, Catastor, Armory Arm. I'm missing three cards out of this list. This list was also actually playing Red Dragon, Archfiend, Tempest Magician, and Queen of Thorns, which I had to borrow all of. Mm. And then the side deck, I was missing a lot of side deck cards, but uh, I played two Cyber Dragon, three Volcanic Counters, which they play them in the side deck in this version. I don't know how I feel about that because I feel like they should be in the main deck, but at the same time, I don't have enough fire monsters to justify because like I'm not playing volcanic shell or anything. Although I probably should just because I have the ulties. Uh, Bear from a different dimension, which feels like it should be mained. Uh, Lightning vortex, which feels like it should be mained. Card destruction, which feels like it shouldn't be here. Noble and cross out, which never came up. Fiend comedian, I'm playing one, but fiend I'm playing comedian. two knock. By the way, two noblemen. I'm playing one fiend comedian. This card should be is, two. Fiend comedian is good, but I could only find one. Fiend. And then 2D barrier, or 2D prison, one bottomless. Fiend Comedian is a card that is just waiting for its time, I think. That card is absolutely insane. It's like Fiend Comedian is a side deck staple in Edison format. Yeah, really? That's kinda that's weird mm -hmm. to hear. I've never I feel like I've never seen anyone play it. I played it in Yeah, uh, it's a very recent development because it's only uh, good like it's really good into the frog matchup where they, they just dump like twenty frogs in their grave on turn one. So you have the fifty percent chance. Fiend Comedian, for those who don't know, is you, you flip a coin, um, mm -hmm. and then if if it's if you call it right, um, then you mill cards. I think it's up to the number of cards your opponent has in their graveyard, and then or if you or if you call it wrong, um, you banish your opponent's entire graveyard. <laughs> so yeah. I played it in. No. No, uh, if you call it right, you banish your opponent's you banish, entire graveyard. If you, call, if you it wrong, call it wrong, you mill. you mill equal to the number of cards in their graveyard. Uh, darn. Uh, so at worst, the card is Needlebug Nest, and at best, the card is, uh, like, DD Crow, your opponent's whole graveyard. Um, yeah. I played it in TCG, uh, in TOS format, for a short period of time in Paleozoic Dinosaur. Uh, because against uh, Orcist and Salad, uh, it was, and even Striker sometimes, it was absolutely nuts. Um, yeah, and if you miss, you mill a bunch of paleos and some survivals ends. <laughs> so it was like, it was actually kind of cracked. Um, you imagine a striker player being like, "Okay, I'm gonna activate engage," and you're like, "Okay, I'm gonna hit you, fiend comedian, banish your whole graveyard." Now you're engaged. It just searches. It doesn't draw. Better yet, Kagari target engage. You go. <laughs> no, you do not. Or no, you do not. Ray effect. No. <laughs> no. No, 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 not today. Or salad, like, I would like to activate the effect of Jack Jaguar. Bam. <laughs> yeah. You will yeah. not be doing that today. Or Orcist. Uh, all your stuff is gone. See ya. Uh, so do you want to tell us about your locals? Because I feel like, well, I guess you want to hear what else was represented in today. Yeah, tell us, tell us the other decks, and then I'll go over my, uh, my three-round tournament reports. <laughs> I need a new chair. My, my chair keeps, like... It, it just lives like constantly falling so i keep having to like constantly raise my chair yep um so it was one amaryllis one doom caliber cat which is the other deck that got like i was i say i got first i say i won we got to finals and we decided not to play and rather than get the i just ended up giving him cash instead of the stardust like i gave him like a lot less than the stardust value because we were essentially just splitting an agreement <laughs> we reached we reached a uh, yeah, yeah we reached a mutually beneficial agreement mm -hmm. uh, that that ended with me keeping my stardust but he said uh, you can say you won so but he beat me in Swiss to be fair he was my only Swiss loss mm -hmm. uh, so I got that deck profile too that'll go up in the channel and 
then there was so there's amaryllis there was hero hero frog there was caliber cat there was dragons that was top four the other decks represented were i think three black wings and one that i don't know what it was maybe macro monarch I know, that guy said he was going to play Hero, but I don't think he ended up... I mean, he said he was going to play Exodia, but I don't think he ended up playing Exodia because somebody threatened to main deck exchange. <laughs> you gotta love Edison players. Oh my goodness. Yeah, he was... I announced it in our little group chat, and he was like, yeah, I'm going to play Exodia. Y'all get ready to get FTK'd, baby. Because he was doing, like, the Exodia build that, like, dumps them all to the graveyard and then uses, like... Mm -hmm something treasure or like hero's return or something like that to add a bunch of normal monsters from your graveyard to your hand and it just like adds all the exodia pieces back to his hand and so he was he, he runs that deck and he, he he ftks a lot with it uh but somebody threatened to run exchange so he ended up not playing it that is Plus uh, his heart. that is terrifying uh, yeah well it's terrifying for all of us which is why we were all like nah we're gonna main deck dd crows nah we're gonna play exchange true well, I don't think a single person ended up doing that. I guess I'll uh, I'll hop over to uh, back to the TCG format. We're, we'll teleport some uh, some decade plus years into the future. Uh, yep. I played in. Oh, and I also opened more rarity collection. I, I did see. Uh, sorry about your pulls. Um. <laughs> Three boxes, and I did not pull in any of my pre. Okay, in my premium slots, my luxury rares, I did not pull any of the following. Ash. Nibiru, Prosperity, Ghost Bell. Uh, what are the other good cards? Uh, Desire, Extravagance. Forbidden Droplet, Triple Tactics nope. Talent. Nope. Uh, Nibiru. You already said Nibiru. I already said Nibiru. Uh, Lava Golem, <laughs> Change of Heart. One. No. The Alt Arts, uh, Unicorn. Uh -uh. No, I actually I pulled an alt art. I pulled an ultimate rare golden lord. I think. Yeah, I think I pulled an ultimate pulled rare a, golden lord. But I pulled the quarter century golden lord. Yeah, it was that, an ultimate rare golden. That card is good. Alt art golden yeah. lord. The bulk. How did you do for? So that's like obviously had like the high rarity stuff has some variants. How did you do on like the bulk, like the the other rarity stuff? Like. So I don't actually know entirely offhand. I know in my initial two boxes, I only pulled two Prosperity. But I think I managed to pull two or three more out of the one box I opened today. Yeah. I've heard and I know I got one from a friend. So I think I pulled four in three box. Yeah. Three I've, boxes. So I, I only got three entry packs for... So on, on uh, Saturday, I played on in a Rarity Collection release event, trying to win the Golden Daddy Eldritch Met. Uh, I didn't pull any uh, Luxury Rares out of my entry packs, but my terrible pack with... Uh, summon limit, uh, Cherubini, Small World, Change of Heart, Lava Golem, Triple Tactics Talent, Selene. <laughs> oh no, I didn't pull any luxury rares. Ooh. <laughs> but um, I picked up a lot of extra stuff though. That's the that's what I think the set is good for. Um, like, yeah, you can own every card in the set if you want for not very much. Um. Well, I went in and I was like, I'm going to penny stonk this set because it's too easy. I picked up extra copies of Lightning Storms, Talents, Droplets, you know, extra like secret rare Imperms. And mm -hmm. I'm picking up every prosperity I can find. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. Ghost Bells. I mean, the so Nightmares even like. I, I don't have them. Yeah, I don't actually have too much to tell about the tournament. I do have some pickups that might be funny to show off, but uh, to give a quick tournament report, uh, I took Unchained Fluffle. Uh, there's been like a few developments in the list, but not too much. Um, just maybe mainly swapping some stuff around for the upcoming format. Uh, my round one was against Runic Stun. Uh, I won two one, and I won in time. Uh, game one. Uh, I won the dice roll, but I couldn't do very much. Uh, it was basically just Rage Escape pass. Um, we mm. grinded it out for a little bit, but my opponent top decked a fountain before I could get my plays going. Game two, uh, I made them go first, and I opened Feather Duster, uh, so they lost. Uh, they didn't open a great hand, so I just OTK'd them. Um, game one, however, took a very long time. So game three, uh, we both bricked. 
but my opponent bricked worse, so I poked with like penguin and chain for a couple of turns. Uh, I actually misplayed. Um, they flipped up a uh, Tikaboo. And what I was uh. supposed to do was overlay the penguin and the chain into Dweller, attack, and then Zeus their board. But I forgot to make the Dweller before I attacked. <laughs> so I so before. No, I got I got I got dinged by they drew playable, but by that point I had put them down to 3k and they couldn't gain enough life points with Munin in, in two minutes and to overtake me, so I won. Nice. Uh, round two was against uh gimmick puppet and by that i mean it was against branded uh game one i got gimmick puppet locked and i did not see uh my droplet and then game two i made them go first uh, i didn't get gimmick puppet locked but i drew no non-engine and so i couldn't beat the i couldn't beat the board uh, as one does and then round three was against runic stun which <laughs> i won 2-0 because they bricked twice uh nice so Good event. I actually still had a chance to win the mat, but I got paired down uh, after round two. So my on breakers, I, there was no way for me to win. Yeah. But I did pick up some funny cards, so I will go. I will go through some of those uh, quickly because I think we've we still got for it. we still got a few minutes. So yeah, uh, I picked up a few uh, foreign cards, mostly because they were funny. So uh, first off, we have a French fossil dig. Which is Recherche de Fossiles. Recherche de Fossiles. <laughs> Ajoutez one monster of the type dinosaur to the max. Max niveau 6 depuis votre deck à votre main. Hilarious. Uh, and uh, uh, two other uh, French cards. Uh, French toy vendor, which is Vendeur de Jouets. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Fluffle Angel, which is uh, Ange, uh, <laughs> Ange Pelushable. <laughs> Ange Pelushimo. And then, probably the funniest one, I picked up a Starfoil Dotscaper. And this is in Italian. And its name is Pixelator. <laughs> so, <laughs> I love I love Pixelator. It's a Cyberso monster. <laughs> Cyberso. I love that. Yeah. The coolest pickup, though, was sitting in bulk in this giant unsorted bulk box I was looking through, was a Shatterfoil Fluffle Bear. I have been looking for these forever, and nobody has them. So now I have. Wait, one. do you need those? Yeah, I would. I, do you have them? I have one. I just didn't know you needed it. I've been. I was like, dang, this is cool. Skyhawk would appreciate this. No, I, but he we, already has them. Anyway, we could talk later. <laughs> we're, we're gonna talk about this later yeah. for sure. Yeah, uh, picked up a tin pep because I didn't have a pep, so that's good. Um. I picked up a big chunk of a Nordic core. I've been seeing a Biss post on Twitter about the Nordic deck, and I saw that it was playing Hippo Car Carnival, so I have to try it. So I picked up You're a bunch. Like, yeah, while I'm here. Yeah, I picked up the common synchros because they were pennies, and then I picked up three of the Link one, uh, which is a uh, Um But one of them is actually name shifted, and uh, the shop didn't notice. Uh, I don't know if it'll show up well on my camera. Uh, I'll send you a picture of it later. But I can see the it, yeah. uh, the name is like at the bottom of the box, so. I got right. a, I got I a it's kind of on the bottom. free misprint, uh, a link decoder, and who knows, maybe I'll do cyber stuff, uh, a golden rule, because I needed a third one, card is gorgeous in secret, uh, and Ashura King for uh, Evil Eye. <laughs> I decided to build it. The king. Yeah, uh, a Vice Requiem, because we were experimenting with the DDD package and Fluffle, uh, a Super Poly Target, because I didn't want to regret not buying Guilty Gear, so I got a Mysteria and the Dragon Crown. Uh, Draco Berserker of the Tinny. I got some backup fluffles, some penguins and an octopus. I'm going to experiment with these to see the best way that I can prevent warping so I can help the community in the future. Um, one uh, Evo Singularity uh, so that I can play the Evol package and some uh, stuff that Nash and I are cooking up. Uh, of course. One Dark because I didn't have an Ultra and it looked really nice. Two uh, Paticel Coverture which uh, is needed for the new Nouvelles support out of Age of Overlord. So I'm excited to start playing that deck. One, uh, Snake Eyes Flame Burge Dragon uh, for stuff Nash and I are cooking. Uh, oh no. <laughs> one, uh, Quarter Century Rainbow Dragon, so I can upgrade uh, Crystal Beast. As one does. Yeah. One, uh, Totem Bird uh, for a deck that I am building. Uh, so I guess Ruddy Rose Dragon, because I didn't have one. 
And then the other, the last cards are three Altergeist Melu Seek and one Altergeist Malwisp. Uh, this is a normal summon package for those who don't know. Um, Melu Seek is a, a normal summon. It's either a free Herald of the Arclight or a free Baron de Fleur. So, uh, and it's also good uh, as a going second tool. You can threaten to attack with it. So in decks that don't need the normal summon, it's a pretty good option. And a Totem Bird, which I did not have a copy of. And the reason for that is because I am building Tistina. Uh, Totem Bird is a card that's like just kind of good to have copies of. Yeah, it's kind of cracked. It's just that it requires wind monsters. So like nothing can make it. <laughs> right. It turns out uh, having a rank three that is just a, a, a spell trap negate is pretty good. It's literally, it's just Lagia in a rank three. But yeah, uh, yeah that's local. So I have a question. While I'm sitting here kind of fleshing out the cards that I've pulled over the weekend mm -hmm. from Rarity Collection, do you have any questions on Rarity Collection ratios that I might be able to quickly answer? Out of three boxes? I don't know. Uh, how many? Yeah, it's not a lot, right? But the vast yeah. majority of people aren't going to be buying a lot either. Yeah. How many? Uh, so I do have one interesting piece of information for ratios is that sure. they're kind of wild. Sure. Um, especially because yeah, ev every card at every rarity and then the rarity of some of the rarities. So uh, I have a friend uh, in uh, in the Edmonton Yu-Gi-Oh community, Blake Morrison, who opened five cases of the rarity wow. collection. Yep. That's a lot. Yep. Not a single collector's rare fossil dig. I pulled one. Yeah. That's actually what I was going to ask, because out of two boxes, I only pulled this one super rare fossil dig. <laughs> how, really? many, so you're how, many, in how many fossil how digs many, did I pull? How many fossil digs did you pull? I'm curious. That's a great question. No secrets. Um, you mentioned the one collector's. These are the ultra monsters. And the other thing I'm curious about, um, just because I had heard rumors about it, and I don't know if it was true, uh, how many tour guide did one you pull? One ultra. I pulled one, uh, one ultra, one, uh, no, do I, did I say no secrets? You said no secrets. And now I'm on supers. That's one super? I did not pull a lot of fossil digs. Interesting. I'm, I'm thinking, I don't know that it was shorted because like I said, my friend that opened five cases also opened three quarter centuries and three plat secrets. So I don't think it was shorted, but it is interesting that in smaller quantities, it's actually, it can be tricky to get play sets of some cards. Um, very, very tricky. The, uh, I was, the other question, how many tour guide did you pull? Cause out of two boxes, I also only pulled the one super. Uh, tour guide. So I pulled, let's see here. So in this pile, I have two secret tour guides, but it was actually a different guy at my locals that opened both of those. Mm. He opened, I think he pulled one, I think he opened one box and pulled two secret tour guides out of one box. Yeah. And past that, I pulled one ultra, which I think I might've even traded him uh like two tour guides i think i had traded him two supers for his two secrets but like like with other stuff like we did a lot of yeah. like card matching and rare swapping uh, i pulled this oh that's the the lqcr that's pretty sick i was actually that was actually yeah. going to be my last question was what's your favorite uh luxury rare that you pulled my favorite luxury rarity that i pulled um yeah oh uh, i i also pulled this actually oh plat secret Okay, yes. so you got a fair number of tour guides then. Interesting. Yeah, and I think I got like four or five supers. Wild. So, I, yeah, it's, yeah, it seems like I don't think it's that they're short printing. I think there might be some clumping, uh, which yeah, people might be finding. That's definitely possible. There are, there are also not as many misprints, but there are some interesting ones. Uh, there was a cool one, House of Champs retweeted. Uh, shout out to Oop It's Jono, uh, one of the OG Conclavers. Pulled a quarter century secret rare effect veiler without the foil. It's like it that. looks like it looks like it's like one of the old platinum rares, <laughs> kinda. Yeah. Um, it, so it's really interesting. Uh, there's also some uh, there's also some misprints where like the you can see the back of the card art 
on the front of the card in different spots. Yeah, yeah, where, like where it looks like it has the. It, it was like front. it was like a whole box that was like that apparently. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, that's uh, okay. But far as my favorite. Yeah. So I like the way that the platinum secret rares look, but I wouldn't call any of them my favorite. I dislike the way the ultis look on in person. Or, or like, I dislike the way they look on camera, but some of them look okay in person. Yep. The issue is that they always look wet. I kind of get that. I think there are a few that are really good, and there are some that aren't great. Like, I like I think I've said this yeah. before, but I pulled an ulti Borload Savage Dragon. I think that print is pretty not great. Harpy's if Feathers... If you want to know what card looks awesome in Ultimate Rare, Ice Dragon's Prison looks sick. I believe that. It's got some stuff that you can pop out of the card really well, which is what I think makes a good one. Um, yeah. Th three examples that I've seen, two that I have in person, and one that I've seen. Uh, time. I this card. This card looks beautiful. That is pretty as a quarter century, actually. That's that's a flex one of right there now that it's limited. Um, uh, Blackwing, Samoon, the Poison Wind looks amazing in ulti. Oh, that is nice. That is nice. Yeah. That is pretty. Um, and Harpy's Feather Storm looks gorgeous in ulti because each of the individual leaves is raised up. So you get this cool effect kind of going across the card. And uh, Time Thief Redoer, solely because the... Yep. Oh, you pulled one too. Nice. I really yeah. like that one in ulti. And uh, Time Thief Redoer, because the monocle is raised up, and I think that's very funny. <laughs> you said Time Thief Redoer in what rarity? Uh, ulti. But I mean, ulti? there are some good ones. Uh, you know what card looks really good in ulti? Like, shockingly good. Mm -hmm. In fact, it looks good in all of the luxury rarities. Mm -hmm. uh, you would. That would be. That's fair. And I'm not saying it just because it's a sword soul card. This card looks legitimately beautiful. Uh, the ulti really looks good. But you know what else you can say looks really good? Uh, the collector that I also pulled. <laughs> uh, if it's worth a dollar in collector or ulti, I pulled it, baby. It's astronomically bad. Astronomically bad pulls for this man. <laughs> no, seriously, I like legit. I went back for another box because I was like, surely it's not going to be that bad again. Keep gambling. It's not possible. <laughs> not only was it possible, it happened, baby. Speaking of people who make things possible, uh, I think it is about time we thank our patrons. It absolutely is. So <laughs> let's go ahead and thank all of them. So, of course, a huge and wonderful thank you to Always Second. I, I took a brick wall to court and won due to concrete evidence. That is, that's a Phoenix right line right there. That's good. I would argue that you won due to, uh, what do they call it? Hold on. What do they call it? What's the stuff in between the bricks? The mortar is that what it's is it called mortar i don't know <laughs> you're asking brick the and wrong. mortar you're asking the wrong yeah. guy i'm pretty sure it's mortar brick and mortar like a brick and mortar store yeah you won due to con due to, to, to mortar evidence uh i i'm I, no, no, i worked too hard for that one to you uh I, I don't think you, uh, could, you, you really tried yeah. to glue those words together but it didn't work out great yeah yeah they, they didn't stand tall like a brick wall. Mm. Uh, is Big Stinky Bloods, is Best Copium, Ding Dongs, Hostess of the Yang Zing, Give Me That Harassi, Konami, H.H. Shiber, John Lil, Mountain Man, Oatmeal Spaghetti, Owen Alvarado, Pistol Place, Pendulums, The Silver Hope, Understanding and Reading are two different things. Virtually Savior's World, a Welcome Host of the Top Cut Podcast, Florida Reason, Trouble Sunny, What Do You Call a Magic Owl, Houdini, Wind Up Carrier, Zinfidel, Maidy, Aaron Gardner, Alexander Chan, Asami, Ashless Cheps. Atsuyo Simpa the Silver Castle, Black Queen Silver in the Zen is the best floodgate, box wine, chubby ninja, come on and get your game one, Dragon Maidenless Behavior, I'm about to wreak a glamour, tribute for Kossi's Plate Nuts in Your Mouth, Level 4 Fire Warrior Gaming, Little Stinky, y Llama Yama Cam Sarama, Maxi Pack, Old Man Red, Pink Goat 143, and Wanted, Seeker of Your Mom's Sinful Spoils. Thank you all so much for, uh, for your continued support of the podcast, and thank you everybody for tuning in and checking out our super nice and super rambly podcast episode today where we didn't have the most topics in the world, but we had something to talk about. And if you want to check out our podcast, we are recording on Sundays and Wednesdays, generally, unless something else goes wrong. And I am going to also be doing my own separate live streams on a couple of other days of the week. So be sure to check that out. And I am also announcing, I announced it last time, but I'm reminding everybody on Friday night, this uh, September, or November. No, we are in November. <laughs> and it's November 
17th to the 18th are the two days. It's a Friday night to not this Friday, but next Friday. I'm doing the 24 hour stream from, um, I don't know the exact time that I'm going to start at 7 or 8 p.m., something like that, until 7 or 8 p.m. on Saturday night. So uh, we're going to do a lot of Master Little Baby. So uh, if you're looking, if you're going to, if you're interested in that, be sure to check that out. We'll be here. And thank you all so much for your continued support and have a great week, everyone. We've, uh, the Top Cut Podcast really does have some cool stuff cooking. So you should watch this space. This chaos space. <laughs> nope, nope, not, it's not shiny enough. You can't do that. That's true. I don't have the quarter century. It's not funny enough. <laughs> yeah. Bye, everybody. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.